0: Morning everyone, 1st of March, Friday, Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, a very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening and the season starts Sunday in Vegas with these two fantastic games for 1.30 in the afternoon on Sunday Eastern Daylight Time, pump for it the Roosters in the Bronx, Coming after Manly up against the Bunnies. We'll cross to Las Vegas shortly and get all the latest over there in the States. Cameron Green, the hero for Australia yesterday. Outstanding knock. Great to see as the Aussies reach 9 for 2.79 at Stumps. Awesome days racing tomorrow with the very elegant stakes. Sure to be an emotional day after the passing of the Great Bear only recently and the surround stakes as well in Melbourne. We've got the Australian Guineas. Also, uh, we've got uh, well, the likes of the Bahrain Grand Prix, Super Round in Melbourne, the Sydney Derby in the A-League as well. So a huge weekend in Prospect, and actually, let's go over there now. Loza. how are you, mate? What's doing?
1: Yeah, morning, boys. No, just getting excited, a bit like you, Mitter. Uh, a couple of more sleeps, and we've got the game, uh, or games, and everyone's excited over here. There's more Aussies uh, getting around in their jerseys, they're All up and about, all excited about being over here. They're all making sure that they're having a good time. Uh, They're all wanting their teams to do well this season. Um, I walked the strip again last night. I ran into a a lot of people I knew, and there's more on their way today. So there'll be over 4,000 people there, I think, on Saturday night at the stadium. Um, I'm looking uh, further down to the resorts world, where the players will all be staying, and there's advertising up on the on the big um, uh, boards there. Um, It's been advertised on telly, as I've been saying, all through the week. So the NRL, they couldn't have done much more, mate, in terms of providing an opportunity for people to look and see what our game is about, and hopefully they will turn up on Saturday night.
0: Just jerseys everywhere, Loz. Just of the four teams playing, or any teams playing. Like you said, you can spot the Aussies a mile away. I can imagine now. Yep. They're just absolutely everywhere. You couldn't walk probably yeah. 30 metres without running into one.
1: Yeah, it's heaving, you know. Not only jerseys, but caps and jumpers and shorts. And Actually, I've run into a lot of pommies, a lot of English people over here. Mm. Um, I saw a couple of young boys yesterday. They were walking in front, and I overtook them. I said, oh, up the Rabbitohs. And they looked, and they started talking to me. And they said, yeah, yeah, we're Rabbitohs. And they were from England, and they are from Newcastle. So uh, these young boys were probably 15, 16, over here with their parents. Um, And they're on a tour group of about 30. Um, And they said that there was a couple more groups that they knew of that were coming over from England. So not only Australians are travelling, you know, the English are travelling as well. And I suppose there has been some talk about possibly having that World Club Challenge game as part of the festival over here in the years to come, which I think would be a good idea as well. Because you would then get the English supporters, uh, not only neutral supporters, but the ones that support their teams making the trip over here as well. Yeah, not a bad idea. That
0: pup, morning to you, mate. Uh, Watched a bit of the cricket yesterday. And uh, Cameron Green, what an outstanding performance from the young Aussie. Nine for 279. I mean, it's the old... You know, rule of never judge a pitch until both sides have batted. But just watching that unfold yesterday, it felt like we we're on top at the end of the day.
2: Well and truly. Good morning, mate. Morning, Loz. Morning to our listeners. Yeah, uh, definitely Australia's day. Um, Sent in to bat. Green wicket. Swung and seam all day. Uh, New Zealand get it right. They bowl Australia out for 200, 220. Mm. 220 max. Um, I thought they were too short, especially in that first two-hour period before lunch. Little uh, rule that we have when we're playing, certainly at that level, that if it looks good on TV, it's generally too short, a foot too short. So when the batsman's playing and missing... Um, regularly, it looks brilliant. When you're watching it from your couch, you say, oh, how's he not nicked that, or what a great great delivery. But generally, when you're playing against good opposition, that means you're a foot short. You want them actually looking to drive the ball on a pitch like that while the ball's new, and that's where you're more likely to get those nicks. But I thought Smith and Kawaja were brilliant by... Really staying still. I think that's what they did very well. Because they were a foot too short, they held their line in defence and that allowed them to play and miss a lot of balls. Um, so I think, yeah, well, well done to Australia's openers. I think we'll 1-60 for 60 at lunch, which is a great result after being set in the bat. I said yesterday that New Zealand would have wanted probably four wickets at lunch. Uh, and then Cameron Green... Absolutely brilliant. Showed his class, picked his time to be aggressive, batted beautifully with the tail, but then was disciplined early. Great defence, good shot selection, let the ball go well. So I think Australia will be wrapped with that. I think if Australia's attack, bowls first on that pitch and bowls well, New Zealand are all out for one eighty two hundred. Mm. So I think the Aussies will be, yeah, they'll be very pleased after being sent in to have that total on the board.
0: Uh, I guess... One negative from the day is just the fact that Marnus Labashane, I think we could now say he's in a bit of a rut, pup.
2: Well, he's had, what's he had, five, six low scores. Um, and in, just the way he scratched around, he, he, well, he's, you know what it's like. like it, you what you happens, feel like your feet just can't get well, no, stuck in You're cement. trying to mm. bat for time rather than mm. bat for runs. So mm. when you're out of form, you're thinking, okay, I just want to give myself a chance. I want to be disciplined in defense. Just get used to the condition. So you go into a bit of a negative mind frame. You know, you're not there trying to. Uh, if they bowl that bad ball, look to score because you're worried about not getting out. So, I know he's tried a few things. Um, I, I read some comments uh, before the start of the day's play around his training mm. um, and how much, how many balls he's been hitting in the lead up. So he's trying to work out why all of a sudden things have changed and. Again, no matter how good a player you are, over a long period of time, there's going to come a time through your career where you do struggle to make runs. The game is too hard to be... Well, unless you are Sir Donald Bradman. Mm. But he's the only one that stayed at the top for his entire career. Every other player from every country around the world, you know, if you play for long enough, you go through a tough period. And he's probably feeling that at the moment. But he's a very good player. Um, Yes, he got a good delivery, but I think it's his mindset as well. I think he's... You know, it's not as positive as when he's batting well. Um, you know, I think Steve Smith did that really well yesterday. There's always this talk about him being the opener. He's under pressure to make runs, but he come out with good intent. Mm. Yes, he only made 30. Nick one got out, and he'll be disappointed because he got a good start. But I think the intent was there. And I think when you're playing your best, you're always looking to score.
0: So 9 for 279 on resumption. uh well, it's at 9 o'clock this morning, Eastern Daylight Time, the start of the second day's play. Just some news in regards to Manly ahead of the match against Souths, Loz. So, naturally, the new era for Luke Brooks officially starts, but he's carrying a niggle, which he's not revealing. Uh, he said his direct quote on the news last night was, something minor, but all good to go. And uh, he's pretty happy the whole Vegas venture is taking the spotlight off the fact it is his first game for the club, says Brooks. But hopefully... He'll be fine. It'd be a massive shame if, uh, you know, they're playing a bit of Ducks and Drakes. But, yeah, conceded there's some niggle that he is carrying.
1: Yeah, it's not the ideal way to start, is it? A a new club coming over here to Vegas and having a bit of a niggle. Because I think Luke Brooks, with all the pressure that he's had on him at the West Tigers this new change he would have been looking forward to and wanting to present himself in the best possible fashion to play well and make a statement first up. I actually ran into a couple of the Manly boys on the strip last night. They were just walking around having a, a look, the Trubojevic brothers. Um, and, uh, you know, they're obviously excited about the game. But Luke Brooks, I think he'll have a standout season. I think he'll be one of those players that we, we all know has had the ability but he just hasn't been able to find it with the West Tigers, and there's been a number of reasons why. But, you know, with Tom and Cherry Evans being the main playmakers in that team, Brooks can concentrate on his running game. Uh, But let's hope this injury is not too serious. It doesn't hold him uh, back from this game. Um, Pretty confident he'll play. Um, And just to get some game time with a new combination with Cherry Evans. Remember, they haven't played with each other uh, this year, so their timing might be out. A little bit. And that might be an advantage for South Sydney. The fact that Manly haven't had any time together. Uh, but no doubt they've done a lot of scrimmage at work. But the difference between scrimmaging and playing a game um, is, is completely different. But um, yeah, fingers crossed he's able to get out there and shake his skills. But um, I think it'll be a wonderful contest, Mido. I think both these games, it'll be high intensity. There'll probably be some fatigue at the end of the game. And that's when you'll see some of these guys with footwork and speed. I'm anticipating that to be an area of concern for opposition teams when they're defending, is when their forwards get a bit um, fatigued and become um, uh, short of breath and they're under a bit of pressure. Uh, Because it mightn't be working on the edges, teams will look to play back through the middle. And if the forwards have had their tackle count high and they've done a lot of defending, then that's when they might be vulnerable, and that's when guys like Brooks, and in particular the fullbacks, like the fullbacks with Tom and Tedesco, um, with with their speed. Reese Walsh is another one. Uh, Luttrell. Um, it might be just the stage that they shine, and it might be through the middle rather than on an edge.
0: Have you run into Gordie yet, Loz? We're going to speak to him in about 20 minutes' time. Gordie, Talis.
1: No, I haven't run into Gordie. I haven't seen... Uh, too many of the Fox boys. The first day they arrived, I ran into Braith and, and Hindy. They were trying to keep themselves awake. But I did see Gordy protecting the trophy. He looked a mean dude, didn't he, yeah. on that little video clip that I saw. Uh, he obviously brought the trophy over. Um, but there's thousands of people over here, and there's a lot of um, ex-NRL players. I ran into Mark Coyne last night. I had a with uh, Mark. Uh, he's quite excited about the start of the year and he's very optimistic about the Dragons' chances. And we had a little bit of a discussion about who we thought was going to you know, play finals this year and, and who wouldn't. and He was quite bullish on the Dragons' uh, exceeding expectation externally from a lot of people. So he's, um, he's quite prepared to, to say that the Dragons are going to have a better year than most people expect.
0: Cheeky text here. Tom Treboliovich couldn't survive a sprint down the Corso. How will he do the Vegas on the Vegas Strip? Uh, so keep them coming. Zero four one nine seven six seven two seven two. Yeah, a lot of texts here about just pumping the brakes on uh, some Australians going that you know it's going to take America by storm and <laughs> and that rugby league's going to you know, infiltrate into America. I mean, yeah. It, it just, yeah, let's pump the brakes.
1: Wish- oh, it's <laughs> not going to happen overnight. It's certainly oh, not going to happen overnight. And and it certainly won't overtake NFL. But what they have done here at the moment is created, I think, a little bit of a discussion because, the, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, like even in a lift when you start talking to Americans, they notice your accent and then they say to you, are you here for the game?
0: Hmm.
3: Oh, yeah, they're so, so curious, obviously, for
1: sure. Obviously, they're very curious. So it's not going to take over. But I think if you can stage this game every five years, but the most important factor, I think, to get any traction is to have it broadcast. Mm. And that's the key. If they can get it broadcast one game a week, I think you will start to see an interest. But obviously, it's a big ask, and... Um, everyone is very excited about over here being over here at, here at the moment. But you just never know. You've got to give it a try, and they're going to give it a real red-hot crack. And it won't be instantaneously where we click our fingers and rugby league's the number one sport in America. It will never be the number one sport. It'll never be the number two sport. It'll never be the number five sport. But what it will do, I think, at some stage, if we continue to work on it, we will have some traction. and And you will have people have a bit of an interest in it.
0: Quicken the Ted is the headline of the back page of the Daily Telegraph today. Roosters star on fast track to goat status. So, uh, James Tedesco, he has been training with Roger Fabry in the off-season. Uh, and uh, you know whether he likes it or not, Loz, and whether it's fair or not, the debate's set to begin uh, with his rep spots supposedly under siege, mainly just due to the quality of the competition, but... Uh, Roger Fabry quoted in this article talking about, you know, his speed still right there at 31 years of age. I mean, 31 years of age is obviously, let's face it, we'd be 31 again in the heartbeat, wouldn't we, Pup? Yeah. But uh, great to see him, you know, just opposing Reese Walsh. What a battle that is uh, for the Roosters in the Bronx this week. I
1: I think both those players will have massive influences over the results of their teams this season. And James Tedesco, yep, was criticised last year. Um, And a lot of that had to do with the team's success as well because Teddy set such a high standard, as do the Roosters, and they just weren't performing up to other people's expectation. But I think coming back, uh, playing for Australia at the end of last year, he's refreshed, he's ready to go. They look like a team that's on the rise, the Roosters. And if they're playing good football, I would suggest that James is going to be one of the more influential players in the competition. So he's got to strong mindset, he still wants to play representative football, the questions will be asked about whether he is the best fullback for New South Wales, and he gets a great opportunity to show everyone that he's still the number one, yes he's got some competition but I think he'll back himself and there's no doubt that if he can get back to being the player we know he once was, and there's no reason why he can't do that either, by the way he's only 31 years of age Um, he won't be giving up that Blues jersey lightly
0: uh, back page of the Courier Mail, Grand Jackpot, Haas, Payne Haas reveals he knocked back NFL shot to chase ultimate prize with Broncos. Another, gee, we're going to see a lot of these stories. Players, interest in NFL and how they've stayed in league anyway. There's another one, Payne Haas, uh, that's the back page of the Courier Mail today. Back page of the Australian Centurion Green proves shield value. And it is also the back page of the Herald as well. Green shoots, test-ton, grows from Shield stint. And uh, he did forego that little T20 series uh, pup before this to play in a Shield match where he did get some runs too, I think. He got 100. Yeah, he did too. Yep. So the value of that vindicated. Select is vindicated on a few fronts here. Just the number four move, I guess. I know it's early days still, yep. but uh, for him to... Pull out a knock like that on a pitch like that in the position we were in. And the fact that he did go back and play shield cricket instead of playing a, let's face it, T20s that will never be remembered.
2: Well, I think it's time in the middle. I think I've I've said this plenty of times on the show as well. You give me 20 training sessions or one club game and I make 40 in the club game. That's worth worth more to me than 20 net sessions. So time in the middle batting and that's what he got in that shield game. He was able to play a test innings, so a long-form innings, um, and get himself as well prepared for this tour as possible. So, yeah, not surprised. Um, again, to make 100 on that wicket was a great effort. It was doing enough the whole time. Um, so that's – I think Cameron Green will take a lot of confidence from that, most importantly. his first 100 at number four, um, which I think – yeah, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the only conversation – um, a lot of people had their opinion. There's no doubt about it, and, and are entitled to it. But I think it was more around Cameron Bancroft opening the batting and moving Steve Smith from four. Um, I think. I think. Uh, I, again, I haven't seen. I've only seen what you've seen of Cameron Green. Uh, he was. He was too young when I was playing, so I never saw him play shield cricket. I actually, never seen him play live. Um, but from all reports, batting wise, his technique. He's, he's very good, and he's shown that in this innings as well. So there's no doubt from within the group that at some stage he's going to go up the order. He's not going to be a number six, even though his bowling is as good as it is. So I guess that's why you've heard that comparison to Jack Callis, because he's actually a top-order specialist batsman, and he's a good enough bowler to be your third quick as well. He's a genuine all-rounder and fields like a genius. Great hands. So, yeah, really happy for him. Um, and for Australia, they're now. I think they're now in a really good position. Even they get knocked over straight away, um, to get sent in and make that that amount of runs on that wicket. I think now if we bowl well and hang on to our catches, New Zealand again dropped a couple of catches yesterday. Um, yeah, I think we're in a prime position.
0: Welcome back, Audie. Tell us, not too far away, as will the multi, not too far away, be from opening uh, now just over in Vegas as well. There's 33 teams competing in a Rugby League Nines tournament across two days. There's also an NRL combine for talented US athletes as well. 25 men and women are going to be put through their paces by Gillibrew's coach, Brad Donald. And two men and two women could receive a contract, a development contract as well. So... Uh, an indication of everything that's going on. And Loz, I believe the official season launch is over there tonight our time, I think, uh, which is... It's Thursday there, obviously, isn't it? So, yes, Thursday night. It's Thursday night, yep.
1: Yep, the official launch. um, They had a bit of a a launch last night uh, where they had, uh, I think it was the three fullbacks and plus uh, Paddy Carrigan up on stage, and uh, Maddie obviously interviewed uh, those guys. But, yeah, there's always something happening... Over here in Vegas, but with the football this week, they've incorporated a a lot of functions. Uh, As I said, a lot of tour groups, uh, playing golf. But the hotel where they're staying is probably about a 15-minute walk from from here. I can see it out my window. But, um, yeah, that's where they're doing all the Fox shows. They're doing the Matty John show, NRL 360 from there. Uh, They'll do the launches from there. Um, And it's quite exciting because, you know, even yesterday seeing people walking up the road, going to be a part of the shows, like just to be in the crowd. Um, yeah, it was pretty pretty fascinating to see. And the people that were excited about being over here for the first time, never expecting that ever come and watch an NRL game in America, let alone Las Vegas. So uh, uh, There's some excited Aussies over here.
0: Oh, I bet there is. Uh, just on the text line, Greens innings yesterday was a brilliant test innings. Tough batting conditions. Uh, battled for his first fifty, his second fifty came in forty odd balls, uh, said Dan there yesterday. He did really turn it on, didn't he in that second half or oh, in he...
2: his second fifty there, particularly late in the day as the wickets dwindled. He played it beautifully, you know and, and he said after his innings it was extremely tough when he first walked out there um, to try and adjust to that pitch. Uh, he, he said Mitchell Marsh, the way he walked out and played with that aggressive intent, really helped him. And he probably felt like that was the way he played. But yeah, when he upped the ante, he it, 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 it pretty much allowed himself the right because he did the hard work early. Yeah, he was he was used to conditions. He, he, he batted for a while. He went through that hard period. Um, and then that's the other thing. It, it, it's not as easy as it looks sometimes batting with the tail. You know, trying to hit boundaries, uh, take and strike. Um, picking your bowler, and he he did that brilliantly. Mm. Again, I th- I think, I think New Zealand were just too short, unfortunately, for them. I just think, you know, I think at one stage we might after the partnership of Smitty and Kawaja, we might have lost four for, four for forty.
0: Yeah, I think, I think it was four for eighteen. We yeah, lost at one well, point.
2: They they just had to capitalize on that. They just Travis Head got out early. He nicked one. Obviously, Marnus didn't get many. Batted for twenty odd balls. I just think that's where they needed to, and they went bang bang. They just they pitched the ball up. You know they made the batter play a lot more. Attacked the stumps. Bowled a fuller length, uh, and got the reward. Mm. But yeah, that's um, and it can happen on that wicket as well. When you see it so green and it moves around, you you just think if I put it close enough, the batter will nick it. But Again, because of the pace of the pitches in New Zealand, they're a little bit slower. You've got time to adjust. So let's see what Australia does. Um, if they get it right, the likes of – well, all three of them. Stark's going to swing it because it swung all day. Tim Southie swung it all day, uh, assuming you know, it's still overhead conditions. I know the forecast is a little bit better today, but still not that warm. Um, and then come and Cummins, jeez, if they mm-hmm. hit the right length – the other one as well, who's a little bit slower, Mitchell Marsh, he could be quite tough as well if he pitches it up. He's a little bit slower. He sort of force you into playing a shot. So we'll see how, um, see how the Aussies... Bowl today.
0: Yeah, they lost four for 28 there, none yeah. for 61 when Smith went just before lunch, one for 61, then when Head went, well, four for 89. And, and Mitch Marsh, all, all the credits with Cameron Green, but Mitch Marsh played well as well. Just no, he, Mitch
2: Marsh played the way Mitch Marsh mm-hmm. plays. That's, that's the part that we're seeing different about him now. It doesn't matter what format. And he's not slogging, but he's just he's, he's, he's playing with intent. He's looking to score all the time. That's the difference. You look at the way he's playing at the moment versus Marnus Labashane, It's in form and confidence. Self-belief, which is allowing Mitch to walk out. If the ball's there, he's taking it on, no matter how green the wicket is. Marnus is just really hesitant at the moment. He's trying to get into his innings, work his way into his innings. So he's not looking to score off that bad ball. And yet we... Um, we all go through that. Uh, you, you'd, be, you'd be silly to write someone like Marnus off. He, he's a brilliant player. He bats in a really tough position, that number three spot. Um, and there's a reason he's been the number one batter in the world for a period of time. So, yeah, I know he's had five or six low scores, but you'd be silly to write him off. That Scott Cougar line. Uh, can you explain that action to no, me? No, <laughs> I can't. And the he other bowled did, pretty well. He did, bo- he did bowl okay. He,
0: Henry was the pick of the
2: Henry points. was good, but Henry's got a little bit extra pace. Mm. That's the other thing you'll see with the Aussies. You know, someone like Tim Southie right now, yes, the ball's swinging, and majority of the time it swings away. Uh, you can you can just push a little bit further forward to someone like Tim Southie bowling 125Ks, but when someone's 140, it makes it harder to get on that front foot. So the three Aussie quicks particularly um, are a little bit quicker. So, yeah, like I say, I think you, you might see um, if they can get their length right, I think New Zealand's going to find it really tough.
0: Well, our next guest has done just about everything in rugby league, manhandled countless opponents while playing for all the Dragons, Brisbane, Queensland and Australia. But his most recent role has been as Fiji Airways Head of Security for the Proven Summons Trophy in Las Vegas. And it's great to speak to Gordon Tallis, joining us all the way from the US. Gordy, hello mate, how are
4: you? I'm fantastic. Do you know know why I had to bring it right? because one of the guys on the show and you know who I'm talking about the last time he had his hands on the trophy he <laughs> broke it so that's why that's why they got it here and it was perfect PG Airways looked after it all the way uh, now we look dangerous Daley, don't we <laughs> <laughs>
1: I tell you what Gordy you, you look tough with those shorts on
4: <laughs> oh mate mate you know what, mate, that was the greatest thing about PG. so we went over there and like it's such a laid back beautiful country so I had the so, like, as a security guard, I had to have the board shorts on, but I had to have business up the top and party down the third. So it was perfect. Fiji Airways, they'd look
0: after us all, wouldn't they, Gordy? <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, mate, all the way. So it was, uh, it was, um, it was actually great service. That was, um, that was the first time that I've ever flown them, but I'm going to go back and do it again. That's 1 million percent. And what a beautiful country, Buller. Yeah, unreal.
0: And dare I ask, did someone have a crack
4: at getting to the greatest prize in rugby league? No, no, no. Well, do you know why? Because when we got the Fiji, it was supposed to be a surprise because then obviously Melbourne Storm um, and a Knights were playing there. So we were taking the trophy like around. All they wanted to do was touch it. It was like the Holy Grail because uh, obviously, you know, um, you know, sport over there and they obviously don't get, you know, some of the biggest sports going there to play. So uh, to see that and you know, especially with the Fijian players that we have in our competition, well, I played with two of the greatest and Lottie Tikiri and Petro Sivanasiva. So you know, to go back to their villages, but uh, have these young kids you know, to sort of see this trophy that some of their heroes have sort of touched and held and play for every weekend, um, it, was a, uh, it was a special little moment, actually.
1: Gordy, you're on the ground here in Vegas, as am I, and I just feel the excitement growing. Did you ever yeah. think four or five years ago that the NRL would launch a season in Vegas and how exciting is it to be a part of and
4: what are you expecting? Yeah on Saturday night? Well, well, I'm expecting, well, like I'm staying where the players are. They've they've got their game face on. I would never have imagined that Elvis Presley and all the superstars that have come to the bright lights for entertainment to make their name, to have their name up in lights and our game is playing here. And, you know, there's two ways to look at it. You know, like, I don't think we're ever going to be the number one dance in America and, well, not in my lifetime, but if it's good enough for Manchester United to come out and play in Australia and San Diego Chargers came out about 15 years ago and brought it and the LA Dodgers come and play at the SCG, why isn't it good enough to take our product over point. to, you know, probably the entertainment capital of the world? And there is a bit of a buzz. I was playing golf um, on the California coast and it, um, and it was a caddy and he wasn't caddy for me. He was talking about rugby, and he was kept on saying rugby because they don't say rugby league, and they don't know the difference. But he knew that rugby was coming to America. So um, it is working, and there is a fair bit of hype over here. And I just hope that it's a great product, and they put on a show for the people that come out to watch.
2: Yeah, Gordy, that's what I was going to ask. How important is it that these first two games are you know, of that high standard? And, and included in that is the refereeing. How important yeah. is we see that that origin style or grand final style refing where it's open footy and, and it is about entertaining
4: yeah well it is right so like you've got to sell your product but you got to be true to it as well don't forget they're still playing for competition points so so like I do I, I do hope that the coaches don't spoil it because the players will get away with whatever they can. And they put so much pressure on referees and we've all watched it over the years. But, you know, the way the grand final was refereed, I think the way State of Origin, um, you would like to think that the teams are going to come over here and put on a show and it is a bit entertainment. But at the end of the day, they've got two points to win. But um, it is a smaller ground, right? So um, it's like when we played over in England, Laurie, that uh, there's smaller grounds. But, Clark, you know that, that you play at certain things and it doesn't really affect you if yeah. you're really good at what you do. So uh, maybe the kickers might... Might have to adjust a little bit, but um, when you're in the middle and you put on your plays, it shouldn't it shouldn't matter too much on you know other sides of the ground. But let's just hope that you know that there's footy like we saw in the grand final, just yeah. open and open, hard, clean with you know the superstars standing up.
1: Talking of that grand final, Gaudy, the Brisbane Broncos lost in that last 20 minutes, and they're over here taking on the Roosters. How have you seen them progress from last year? Yeah. And a lot of people are talking about them being premiership favourites in their eyes. Um, where are they at in your mind, and what do they have to do a little bit better? Are they uh, a weakened squad because of the losses of Farnworth and Flirtler, or do you just think someone will step up and fill the breach?
4: Yeah, well, well, well like they have to. Like, Panthers have been getting chipped away for the last four or five years, and so has Melbourne Storm, the players, and Brisbane. Yeah, that's the salary cap working, and, you know... Uh, Kirby and Flegler are going to be big losses, but I like Pierre coming in and I like Kovac going to the centre. So I do like Brisbane and, you know, is there going to be a hangover? And I know that they addressed, you know, their first 60 minutes were absolutely spectacular, right? They Penrith were perfect. Penrith played nearly the perfect game of rugby league. How how many sides have done that in a big, you know, in a big dance? And, and, and Penrith was so clinical and Brisbane nearly beat them and, uh, they had to address, I thought that they did stop playing, I thought that they thought that they'd won it, but you can't do that when you're playing a championship side. So, um, just as long as they address that, but I don't think there's going to be too much head noise going into the season. Mm-hmm. I think the way that they've all improved, I think the I think the experience of Ezra Mam in a big game, I think, you know, Reese Walsh at the back playing State of Origin, and I think when you lose something, Laurie, and then like the Novolos Grand Finals, and it makes you so hungry never to feel that way again. Well, that's what you know, like, And that's the way I felt. And to have Kevi there as well, and I don't know how many he's lost, but I'm sure that they would have addressed it as a group. And um, I think I don't know whether they're favourites. I still think Penrith are going to be the favourites, but they should be up there neck and neck.
2: What about Manly and the Bunnies, Scotty? Yeah. Obviously, the Bunnies disappointing last year not to make the eight, and there's always high expectation with them. But I don't think I've heard Manly be spoken about like this in a long time. The expectation no. around them is, is huge now.
4: Yeah, the expectation around Tommy Turbo. Yeah. Tommy Turbo stays fit. They can beat anybody. Uh, Luke Brooks, the way he finished with the Tigers, and you know what? He got that amazing barbecue off the club, so maybe he's had the Manly boys <laughs> over, and he's, and he's been having a barbecue to bond a little bit. So, so mate, mate, mate no, listen, I think, I think I think, Manly are the dark horse in the competition. I think if they stay fit, you know, with Cherry Evans, like, this, you know, he's a great experienced halfback. Tommy's unbelievable. They've got... Luke books now that he's got a great kicking game down the other side of the field. So I think mainly a dark horse. But South, um, we did a show over here called 360, and, and then I spoke to Latrell behind, and he said he's in. he actually said to me, he goes, it's the best mental space and physically I've felt in a long, long time. I've had a really good preseason. So, and he looked fit, and he looked happy, and he's bouncing around. So that's a game that's hard to, hard to judge. But I think with South, with their combinations, I think they've played a bit more football. So you think Cody... And Luttrell, I think they'll gel just a little bit, just a little bit sooner.
0: Yeah, well, uh, no one's under more pressure than them, though, are they, Gordy? When are you no, talk no. about well, bunnies,
4: well, mate, especially when Sam Burgess, like you know, I think he's arguably one of their greatest ever players. You know, if you talk about Sattler with the broken jaw, you saw what Sam Burgess did in that jersey and the way that all unfolded last year. So South, a bit like you know, most other clubs, they got no excuses this year. So you know, um, it was. Um, it's going to be, a, certainly watch this space, but they look fitter, uh, they look happier, and obviously time will tell, but they are under pressure because it's it's such a big brand in our game.
1: And what can we expect from Matty John's show this year, Gordie? And oh. I saw you came over and, and filmed some stuff in Vegas uh, late last year. It looks like yeah. there's going to be
4: plenty of things happening this year. Yeah, well, I just saw Maddie John's in the foyer. It looks like that he spent the night in the desert. So, um, <laughs> Alan and Fletcher and, 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 Fletch and Heidi, uh I haven't seen since they arrived like two days ago. But no, mate, it, it's a you know what? It's probably you know my favorite hour because we sit there and the game's a star, and Matty's just allowed the game, Laurie, and then you come on every week as well, you know. And 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 with you know sitting with you know three guys that I played with, and we don't take it too serious, and we just realize that the current players and the game we played is you know are the most important, but it's certainly fun. And sitting with Fletcher, you just never know. I'm actually more nervous sitting on a couch with Brian Fletcher than I have been for any game I've ever played in my <laughs> life. <laughs> uh, Gordy, I, Yeah, go Loss.
1: No, no, no. I, I was about to say, I, I'm the same there with Fletcher because he you, didn't, you never know. You never know where his hand's yeah. going to go. Oh.
4: Well, mate, Laurie's trying to be serious and he's reading out the odds and Flesh is touching him in all these inappropriate areas. Mate, he's sitting there laughing. He's making... Like, mate, he's such a juvenile kid. Mate, he... He makes fart noises with his hands and all that stuff. It's just, mate, and it's distracting. And then the camera's on you, and then you're laughing. You see his big bear's head with the crooked finger just sitting there laughing at you, it, mate, it, mate. Like it's like that annoying kid that never gets in trouble by the teacher, but he makes everybody else get in trouble. That's what Ryan Fletcher is. Oh my god.
0: What's on the cards today or the next couple of days Um, then, Gordy?
4: Mate, uh, I'm going to have uh, lunch. Uh, I've got a day off and then I'm going to the launch. Is that Fremont Street? So uh, I've never been to Old Vegas. So uh, they've got the Stafford Brothers, so they've got a big DJ thing there um, where all the fans, I think the teams are going to go. And it starts at 6 o'clock, so I might go down Old Vegas and uh, have a couple of brewskis, maybe even a margarita. Can you get Loz out of his
2: room, Gordy? Mate, oh, straighty you know, like, 180's my been in, in there drinking his bottles of water. Can you get him Get him amongst
0: it. He's currently eating hey, a banana. for yeah, look at him. For
4: us to watch, he's on, a, of, a, mate, he's on, he's on a
2: diet and hey. a detox and goes to Vegas for it.
4: Hey, are you serious, Loz? <laughs> mate, you know, I want to see old Laurie Daly come out. Oh. I want to see the look. <laughs> yes, <of them. laughs> you hey Day <laughs> Daly. Mate, <Yeah, laughs> <you know>. hey, <laughs> hey, hey, he's an A grader <laughs> when he gets going. i tell you what. Know, uh, right. uh, Mate, he played at the Raiders right, for all those years. And, they don't, and, and his nickname with all of his teammates is Ledge. You don't get legend for no reason. On,
2: Had on. nothing to do with on the field, let
4: me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know where is that man, Lloyd, like, Get him back out of that closet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll stick pro. to my banana. <laughs> <laughs> the most natural thing I've seen you do. <laughs> but, uh...
0: Uh, great yeah. to chat to you, Gordy, and enjoy. Yeah.
4: It's, it's a pleasure. Thanks, guys.
0: Gordon Tallis you, there and oh. as of tomorrow for a couple of days, travellers can get 30% off flights from Australia to San Fran or LA with Fiji Airways. Right. <laughs> no G- chance of
2: you messing with that trophy if Gordon sitting beside it. You're but not I, I even thinking about
0: it. Well, it would have been just one bloke going. No Come way. On, just, I don't reckon. If just, they, if no. it, well, well that if one. one bloke, there's always then one.
2: Then they'd have no idea who Gordon Tallis is because if you've watched him play <laughs> footy... I wouldn't do it. No chance are you even thinking about it. Million years. I,
1: I'll, I'll years. I'll tell you this. I, you, you were never scared on the field, but any time you came up against him, you were always nervous oh. playing against Gordy. And when he was in your team, you always felt like he was the protector. Yeah. And when I played with him, He'd be standing beside me, and geez, you felt 10 foot tall and (laughs) little
0: Okay, the multi's open. It is open. It's usual spot on the Tab app, the Tab website. Click on Sport and Today's Offers to find the multi. Okay, what have we got here? We have Moravia. Race two, number two. So, Ramwick, this is Adam Pengilly's selection. Loz is uh, with his uh, duties over there in the States. Has uh, seeded the multi to other forces internally here this week. So, Moravia, which is coming out of that run in the Eskimo Prince where it just weakened late. Uh, Got it to run top two, though. Still a quality galloper. So, race two, number two. Moravia, top two. And our man, Hobbo, it's his last day full time with us. He's gone learning to fly in race eight. Those So the surround stakes, the group one for the Phillies, learning to fly, just beaten by Kamochi first up in its first run since, of course, it fell in the Golden Slipper last year. Top two as well. Learning to fly, top two in the surround. Moravia, learning to fly, both at Randwick, top two. $4.25. $4.25 is the multi Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. A bit of a blow for the Swans last night. Recruit Taylor Adams. He went off hobbling with a knee injury, was caught awkwardly in a tackle in the third quarter in their community series match against the Brisbane Lions in Blacktown. And the Lions won that match by 25 points. Uh, The match was delayed for about half an hour due to a power outage. And there was the smallest of snakes on the field as well, which uh, had to be dealt with by a snake catcher. So all happening there. But hopefully for Swans fans, uh, Taylor Adams is okay, considering obviously um, Luke Parker and Callum Mills are down early in the season. They won't want to lose Taylor Adams as well. Uh, Big job for Damian Hardwick ahead. I put the Suns to finish in the top eight in the multi yesterday. wasn't too good to watch them go. Nearly 11 goals down last night against GWS. And uh, the Giants won that match by 44 points in Canberra. Toby Green, superstar, three goals, plenty of touches, plenty of influence there last night. But uh, all pre-season stuff still. Uh, but the season starts next Thursday night in the AFL with the Swans taking on Melbourne, of course, at the SCG. Uh, Brad Rosen's coming up shortly uh, to talk some basketball. Uh now just some news that the Cowboys as well lost. Epic blow. So Cohen Hess has done his knee and he's done for the season. So Ouch. that has been confirmed. So Oh gee, that uh Out yeah, for the season. One of their more influential forwards for sure. So that uh that's yeah. unfortunate.
1: Yeah, that's a massive loss for the Cowboys. I, I thought he was terrific last year and the season before, to be perfectly honest, and he turned into a real leader. Uh, for some of those young Cowboy forwards. Now, they're going to have to take up the slack. Uh, big responsibility for Jordan McLean. Um, they've lost Luciano Leilua. Um, so they're two big losses uh, for the Cowboys to have early in the season. So they thought their back row was covered, and that's the reason why they let uh, Luciano go. But now to lose Cohen Hess on the back of that, that's two front-line forwards they've taken out of that, that squad that will hurt them, that'll affect them. And I know a lot of people had them in the top eight. Mm. They might start to reassess their position after those two losses.
0: Uh, Morty, boys, Loz, you are in Vegas just in time to check out Emmett Smith's new restaurant. Of course, ca- Dallas Cowboys, great. Uh, it's called Emmett's Vegas. You can get his signature Tomahawk steak with his name burnt into the bone <laughs> for only $170 US, says the fact.
1: In I, factor, I, walk, I must have walked past his restaurant today because I went up to Resorts World. So I went past Treasure... It's just past Treasure Island. Um, I saw a restaurant by the name of Emmett. And I wondered whether it was Emmett Smith's, and it's a steak restaurant. So I won't be going there, um, but I, I, I did find it. I, I'm unsure whether he's got a couple of restaurants here. I'm assuming he probably does, but there's one up there just past... Treasure Island, straight across from the Winds Casino. Have you come across anyone at that uh, Builders Convention, Loz? Yes, there's a lot of people at the Builders Convention. I'm
0: sure, surely Um, they'd be worse for wear. There'd be some Allens walking around there.
1: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, it's, it's amazing, Vegas, isn't it? Because you, like I've been getting up and going to the gym and going for walks, and when you walk through the casino, either to go outside or Go to the gym. The amount of people that are still inside, the amount of people that are still inside playing the p- pokies, playing blackjack, mm. having a drink—it's amazing—and all different type of people. And it's just an amazing sight. And this one casino that I'm at, I can only imagine it's happening everywhere else. But it's just a—it's a—it's a wonderful place, and it's amazing to see the amount of people here just all up for a good time.
0: I just hope, because obviously wagering and getting the the American wagering dollar is something that, that is a real motivating factor uh, as far as the NRL being over there to, to create another revenue stream. If you if you go and buy one of the sports books in the next couple of days, lots and, and you look up uh, on the big screen where it has odds for everything, I'd be curious to make sure that These two games, their odds are displayed in the sports books over there in the casino. Uh, Because that's what they want. I'll have
1: a look. Yeah, I'll have a look for you. Hmm. And if I see it, I'll take a photo. Hmm. Um, I haven't spent a lot of time in those areas um, at the sports books, but where Uh, I had dinner the other night at the Pizza Kitchen, it was straight uh, across from the sports book, and I actually catch the the last uh, minutes of. The LA Lakers game last night uh, against the Clippers, and wow, LeBron, LeBron. James, oh. what a performance! He outscored the Clippers in the last quarter, mm. and that was their biggest comeback in twenty seasons or something.
0: They were twenty-one down in the fourth quarter, and as you mentioned brightly, LeBron outscored the Clippers Still himself nineteen sixteen in the fourth quarter. Hey,
1: you it. should have seen them all erupt here in the in oh, the sports book. Can't I bet. wait
2: for him to come stay at the Novotel. <laughs> Him and his boy, you're going to fit in perfect here,
0: Bradley. What did you do to Parker Johnson Cartwright?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it was a bit of fun. We were having fun all night, playoff bound, and he came over and just wanted to let us know what he thought we uh, his game was like for that evening, and it was absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, we uh, we had a ball.
0: So, so, what did it all stem from? From.
3: So the actual situation is is that Derek Rucker, who I was commentating with, um, he bought out recently what he thought was his top 15 players of the NBL and, of this season. And he had um, Parker Jackson Cartwright at number seven. Now, in the NBL, he was actually voted third in the league. So he did not like the fact that he was number seven. So we were all having fun during the commentary. And before the game... Uh, the coach came up and said to Derek, you know, really appreciate you putting him at number seven, mate, because this guy is as fired up as I've ever seen anyone to be at number seven. <laughs> so I'm telling you now, during the commentary, I'm having cracks at Derek. We're all having cracks at Derek. This is brilliant. And New Zealand should be taking you out for dinner tonight because you've, <laughs> you've just won them the game. So afterwards, he came up and had a crack at him. And oh, dear, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I it felt like, you know, when you just sit there and you're just like, you're eating your popcorn, go, go, go. And there's a couple of photos floating around of me apparently I've got this big smile on my face, just just absolutely loving what's going on. It was brilliant. And what I can tell you now is on Monday night, they play against Illawarra down in Illawarra. And you know it, Derek and I, back again. We're sitting right in front of them and we're going to have another crack at it. It's brilliant.
1: Well, if Derek Hattie rated at seven, where do you have him rated, Brad?
3: Oh, look, I I just said anywhere above Derek so that he doesn't have a crack at me as well. (laughs) (laughs) But but, Look, I I have to be honest. I thought that the number that Derek had him at was pretty much right. Like, I thought he was a good good player this year. They had another guy, Anthony Lamb, who I thought was brilliant. You know, he was rated very highly by me. But, you know, you, you can only put certain players in certain spots. But over the last five weeks... Oh yeah, he's top three, no question. But throughout the whole season, I could see where Derek would do that. But there was no way I was saying that on air with Derek. I was just cracking at him, no question.
2: <laughs> Let's talk Kings, buddy. Um, yeah, mate. Let's not. Is, well, is, is it a disappointing season, or is it? You know what? They've been so good for so long. You're allowed to be off. You know, you know, you can't win the comp every year. Where do you, where do you sort of see the current situation?
3: Great call, Clarkie, And that's what it is. You can't... Look, let's put it into context. Like you said, they've won two championships. They then lost their coach. They then lost Xavier Cooks to the NBA. Why did he go to the NBA? Because he was so good and they were so good. They then lost four other starters. And you had to bring in a whole new program. And... We came out of the blocks, and I think we were 8-2 and in the first game, and everything, their first 10 games, and everything was going great. And then people caught up, and they couldn't make changes on the run, and the energy dropped, and the people that were brought in just weren't the right fit. Those things happen, and push comes to shove. They got into the playing spot, and that's as good as they were this year. So you now rebuild, and you start again. So whilst it's very disappointing, you know what Sydney's like, everyone wants you to win every year, and... The thing that was really hard with the Kings, and this is what the worst thing was, is it just looked like they weren't playing with heart. They just weren't playing as hard as they could, and that's what people were down about.
1: Just on the recruitment side of things then, Brad, does the coach have a say in who they recruit, or have you got a recruitment staff that look after the players and then well, just it's a bit of, to the it's... coach?
3: Yeah, good call. It's a bit of uh, collaboration, really. I mean, in theory, in the olden days, it was you employ the coach, everyone stay out of it, and it's on him. Because if you start picking teams, well, how can you sack the coach or blame the coach or anything? So, but with this year, well, with the Sydney Kings, when you've got guys like Luke Longley and Andrew Bogut and Chris Pongrass who have been part of the program, you, you, you get input for those guys. And of course, they have, you know, a say in which direction and what's going on. But ultimately, it should be the coach that is, you know, the one saying, I want that guy and I want this guy and I don't want that guy. And I think it would be, you know, a, a good head sitting down, making good decisions.
0: There's issues though, isn't there? I mean, Angus Glover uh, and yeah. his minutes have been an issue. Reportedly, he and the coach haven't been getting on. I see yeah. DJ Vasiljevic has even made some comments on social media, so you know, basically indicating, I told you all this had happened. Uh, So there's clearly some sort of internal review needed there. Uh, And
3: that's the problem. Yeah, that, there's no question that's what the problem is. And for a guy like Angus Glover, like uh, 12 months ago, we were sitting here and, and, and talking, and I was saying to you guys, he's just come off a, a grand final series against New Zealand, mind you, where he uh, you know, literally broke a rib and dunked the ball and hit some game winners and really did an amazing job to help the Sydney Kings win a championships. And 12 months later, the guy can't get on the court. And when you say to the coach, why isn't he playing? He says, it's a rotation thing. Nah, it's deeper than that. You don't, That's not a rotation thing angus glover that type of game was very suited for him because he's one of those dogged hard defenders that really gets in and probably could have helped him with parker jackson cartwright who finished with 33 points so there's talk that um it's been in the media that apparently he's had an altercation with one of the players saying you know we need to play harder Uh, the coach is now not playing him so there's no doubt that it goes deeper than what it is. They're very tight-lipped, but whatever it is, it was a bad look, and that's not what you want for a guy that really is the heart and soul of the Sydney Kings over the last few years.
0: Tassie, 92-76 over the Illawarra Hawks. Tassie, you're Come in. on, <laughs> the jack jumpers. They're in Perth next Friday night for game one of the semi-final series, but Monday night, as you mentioned, you'll be there. Illawarra, sixty-two. New Zealand, $2.30. Skinny line, 3 and a half. Hawks, the minus. Who wins by how many?
3: Yeah, look, I got the Hawkies for that one. They didn't play great against Tasmania, and I'm with you, Clarky. go those Tasmania Jackies. They'll play Perth, and I think they'll win that series and go on to play Melbourne in the grand final. But I will say Illawarra to win 1-10. I think it will be a close game uh, against New Zealand. But I just have a feeling, New Zealand, they are injured. They're they're walking wounded. They've got players down. And I think that last game against the Kings would have taken a lot out of them. So Illawarra to win that. They'll then go on to play Melbourne United, who... Look, it'll be a tough series, but yeah, like I said, Melbourne, um, uh, Melbourne, Tasmania, uh, grand final. For, uh, sorry, yeah, grand final for me, which means it'll probably end up being New Zealand versus Perth. But anyway, I thought I'd have a crack.
2: <laughs> what about in the NBA, buddy? Great signs for the Boomers. Patty yeah. Mills getting some minutes and some points yeah. as well for Atlanta.
3: Yeah, look, uh, uh, nervous about the Boomers because you need yeah. guys playing. You know, with, uh, as good as we are, you need people to have the ball in their hand, getting up shots. Because I believe every man and their dog in the United States now is has put their hand up to play for the US. Uh, LeBron would have has put his hand up, and all the guys around him—KD, AD, Steph—they're all coming. So everyone's playing for silver. So uh, Patty got out, hit some big shots, um, got some minutes, and that and that's fantastic. But it's going to be tough. That's for sure.
1: Did you see LeBron against the Clippers yesterday, Brett? Oh,
3: how good was he? Unbelievable. My God, he was 19 in the fourth quarter. They were down by 20-odd. And, um, and the um, Middle's Clippers, as he calls them, oh, um, on on had that. absolutely nothing on him. Oh. What was it, James Harden for MVP? Oh, no, no he,
0: I would oh, never Middow's say that. I, favourite if, if I'd say that, I'd be extremely inebriated.
2: Who do you like, who do you like more, Harden or Djokovic? Novak. They're your two favourites. Oh. You got to pick one. I got to pick one. Who's your favourite oh, out of those two? Who do you like more? Because they're, oh. they're they're probably your most two hated athletes. Fair call.
0: No, I don't. No, that's a big. You good. hate them both. All no. you do is bag them. No, jock of Yeah, look. They annoyed me. <laughs> Hate's a strong word. It's not hate. <laughs> oh, look, you uh, know
3: what? I listen to the show every morning. Mino, you know, I love you. I've never heard you speechless. And he just got you. He just got you. Right. He, just got you.
0: <laughs> he bags them by Well, I can't any pick chance. one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> says enough. Hey, it says enough. How's this, though? Why is Jason Tatum $34 to be MVP? Uh, Jokic is a star, obviously. He's the best player in the league at the moment. fifty five, but... That is weird. Yeah, I, I was shocked when I looked at this uh, on the tab app yesterday. Like, I
3: don't think he'll win it, but he's certainly not $34. No. Although, Derek Rucker had Parker Jackson Cartwright at number seven, so you never know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the Celtics, obviously the team to beat in the East by by, by panels too. Would you take them over the Bucs at the moment if they were to meet in the East finals?
3: Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you'd have to. I mean, it's them, the Bucks, and you know Denver in the West. I don't know if anyone's going to get them either because they're just getting better. But um, yeah, I, that 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 is a bit that is a bit weird. I wouldn't I wouldn't have Tatum, who really, I mean, but then you can argue is he the best player on on Boston at the moment? Polzinius is playing outstanding, yeah. but I loved I love Tatum. He, he's great. He's yeah. I so- got to throw something at you. Go. How good would it be if the Illawarra Hawks? Was to play the Boston Celtics in a friendly. So that would be Jason Tatum coaching, sorry, Justin Tatum coaching against his son in the opposition. Let's get it happening. Make it
0: happen. Wow. (laughs) One last one. I asked Dick Fane this the other day and he said, Phoenix, who is best placed to beat Denver in a playoff series in the West? Because there's a clump of teams you can pick. Like the Golden State Warriors, all of a sudden, they're flying. Draymond Green, since Draymond came back. And now mm. they've got Chris Paul back. And mm. I know they're only in a play-in spot. They're 30-27 and 27 on the season. No yeah. one is going to want to play them.
3: Nah, look, I completely agree. And play-in spots are hard. And I just can't see a team winning it from a play-in. But if they can get a run at the end, uh, them, I, I maybe. I don't. I don't rate Phoenix. I just think they're they're too. They just can't get enough games together to be sinking to at the right time against a very good, you know, West team like a Denver. Look, I do like Minnesota. I just they just do things that you're just like, oh God, I don't know if they've got enough to get there. But yeah, I I just can't see anyone getting close to Denver in that one.
0: Great stuff, Bradley. Go those who? Jack jumpers. Jack jumpers. Yes, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Two weeks' time, Friday, March 15, big day, Kembla Grange. It's the Illawarra Men Classic Day and the running of the Peroni Kembla Grange Classic as well. And there's plenty of great hospitality there at Kembla on the day. And one terrific option is that punter's pavilion to be hosted by Sky Racing and Big Sports Breakfast perform expert Brad Davidson. Now, you can get a reserve seat in the Lawn Marquee, a Kembla Grange stubby holder, a cheeseburger, chips, and two Punters Club units for $40 per person. Now, all tickets are via Mosh Ticks, but we've got some Punters Pavilion double passes to give away this week, and today we want to know which horse you're tipping and why uh, tomorrow for the big meeting uh, at Ramwick, or you can choose the Flemington meeting. In fact, anywhere. Just state a great case, and we'll get Davo... Well, probably better to do one of the races Dave. i will be doing the form on, and considering he's on Sky 1, he'll be doing the form on the Sydney and Melbourne meetings uh, tomorrow. So maybe choose uh, something that he can verify and, you know, basically back up your case and pick out the winner. We'll read a few out to Devo. He can pick the winner when he comes on in an hour's time. Joining us right now, though, is Sky Racing's Ali Mosley. Ali, good morning. How are you?
5: I'm good, Mito. I'm good. That sounds
0: like a bargain. What did you, did you say? 40 bucks. 40 bucks. cheeseburger, chips, hell? punters club units or punters pavilion units, stubby the whole holder. box and dice.
2: I'm oh, a stubby have to holder. Down door. Stubby <laughs> holder, Mito. It's your favourite. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'd be appalled in my cupboard uh, how many I've got. Anyway, I'm Ali, let's uh, start with these surround <laughs> stakes uh, tomorrow. One of the two group ones. And this is uh, obviously the Phillies over 1,400 and learning to fly. Uh, which we have to run top two in the multi today. Uh, she was great in her return after falling in the slipper last year. She was very good first up.
5: She's super. They've, it's, I think I've said this before, but it's, it's just great that they've got her back in such good order after what was a, a pretty decent injury, and she's come back in really well. She's furnished. She's really strengthened. She had a horror draw to contend with, and I thought Chad wrote her a peach last start when she ran second there. So I think she, she's the one to beat, but there's actually two that I think the market's overlooked. Everyone jumped off. She's invincible after that first up run, but I think it was actually a lot better than it read on paper, running six there. So I don't want to jump off her. She's 650 at the moment. And the other one I'm pretty keen on is Arctic Glamour. Uh, I think she was much better first up. She ran some decent sectionals than what she reads on paper as well. She was 7th of 11, but she's 18 bucks. So I think there's two that have been overlooked in the market there, and it's Tis invincible and Arctic Glamour.
1: Can anyone challenge Fangirl tomorrow in the very elegant stakes out?
5: Oh hi, Loz. How are you?
1: <laughs>
5: I'm good. I'm really good. Um I heard you were chiming in from Vegas. Uh I, yeah. I think she will win, but I I think think it over could really run a big race and Nash Willer, I'm not sure if anyone heard his comments on Friday night at Canterbury. It was it was wonderful when he said, um, you guys might have spoken about it, but he, he wrote a peach and then said, that's why I'm one of the best. And he was so deadpan when he said it. It was just hilarious and so Nash. But it's true, and he's writing in red-hot form at the moment. Um, he it combines really well with this horse, Think It Over. Of course, we know what they did uh, last year. So at 9.50, I think Think It Over could be the one to run a place behind Fangirl and even Cascadian. He was a... He was a huge run back first up and he's now a nine-year-old that's still flying. So Fangirl, I think, will win. I think she'll tail them up. But then I think Think It Over will run right up to her and maybe even Cascadian.
0: Uh, Best bets then. What do we like? uh,
5: well, I mean, I thought what really we're going to have to do is do a bit of a multi. So throw in Storm Boy, who's a dollar thirty. Uh, I know some people, you know, might whatever they've marked it as, might take that still as value, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't personally be backing him at a dollar thirty. So we'll throw Storm Boy into a multi along with Manal in the Sweet Embrace, Sandgirl, and then I reckon we should put Orchestral in the NZ Derby in there as well. Ah. But if you're looking for value in that same race. That um, we see Stormboy returning in the Skyline. I'm actually really keen on Dubana, who's 15 bucks at the moment. This son of Daniele, who we saw on Dubu last start, he was super, just warming up late behind. Stablemate Switzerland. I know the stable have an opinion of him. I think he's more of a sire's horse, but uh, stepping out to 1200 will suit him from the 11. Uh, So he's 15 bucks. So I'd have something on him to run in behind Stormboy. I would also have something in the Sweet Embrace on Extreme Diva uh, of Anthony Cummings. So he's really happy with how she's come through that run. A sticky draw to contend with, obviously, from barrier 12. But um, I think Manal, the one to beat there. But I I can't see why it's James Deva couldn't run a place. So I think she's nice value. And then in the 2000 metre race, which I think comes up as maybe race five, uh, I'm keen on Etna Rosso for Chris Wallace, 15 bucks there as well. Uh, Maybe maybe a prep away, but third up, I, I like how he is. So far in this prep, um, he's just been warming up and stepping out to two thousand. We'll suit him now from the mile this European import. He's fifteen bucks, so maybe a, a place multi on on those as well.
0: Race five, number fourteen, Etna Rosso, fifteen dollars to win, three sixty to place. Anything else we've forgotten? You've got everything. No.
5: So- that's all of them, I think. I'm just trying to, trying to find some value around, around our favourites. So I think they're the ones I like. Duvana, Extreme Diva, and Etna Rosso at the value.
0: Okay, great stuff. In our multi, so as I mentioned, we've got Learning to Fly to Run, top two in the surround. And also in the second race tomorrow, uh, which is the Benchmark 88, James Squire handicap over the 1,200 metres. Uh, Moravia, our Cobasun, the $1.95 favourite. We've just got Moravia to run top two. And just I faded like a bit first up, but top two. We know it's a quality galloper. Yep. Uh, Marava, you're learning to fly, both top two, Ali?
5: Yeah, I think so. I think you've done well.
0: Beautiful. Okay, you have a great weekend. Thank you.
5: Thanks, guys. See ya.